I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech that'll run onto it. It might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the runner option. Jermaine Asako will score. Hello Broncos fans and welcome to a uh, like three week late episode of Broncos Weekly. It's not a Cowboys review unfortunately, it's a bit of a Dragons review, it's a Roosters preview, it's whatever we feel like it is. Anyway, uh, as always I'm Mitch and we're joined down the line by our good friend Simo. I'm Rusty. Oh, How are you going, Simo? How you I'm going? pretty good. I, just, I thought we were just here to talk about the Cowboys win and then the Knights losses. You know, yeah, like... we were. Well, that's what we did. We just did a like, half an hour pre-pod session of firstly bashing my, my touch team, which I didn't want to put on the pod, and then bashing the Knights again, which is one of our many hobbies. That was fun, but you know, we saved you all from that. Simo did note you probably people who listen to this podcast probably enjoy the Knights bashing, but yeah, that's already just happened. We, uh, we should put that out as premium content. Just like a half hour, half yeah. hour talk session before the, the podcast. Just like you know, like sign up to our Patreon or something. Get us on Patreon dot com forward slash Nights Weekly. Yeah, Brownie, we've like done that. it again, Brownie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the name for <laughs> sure. Done it. it again, Brownie. That's it. And where I will smash my Nights esque touch team. <laughs> You've been rebuilding for seventeen years, eh? <laughs> we have been. And then uh, we'll also just smash Nathan Brown. <laughs> Sounds I mean, good. He, yeah, the good thing about that is whichever team like hires him next, probably the Titans. Actually, like, we can easily move on to that. We can. Well, yeah, we could, that could be the extra bonus Patreons when we shit on the, tit- on the Titans as well. But that's just been you know that's been a ten year thing. It's <laughs> it's not the same. Uh, so anyway, for anyone who d- doesn't know why we didn't podcast after the Cowboys game, which is a terrible time not to podcast because you know obviously we love Cowboys winning. And crowing after beating the Cowboys is like Simo's God-given talent. But oh, uh, it's, it's the only thing I have in life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and of, of course, the way life works, your wisdom teeth were removed. <laughs> six teeth removed, weren't they? That, that, that just after that game. Yeah, I had six teeth. Obviously, there's only four wisdom teeth, and it's a long enough story. No one else really wants to hear it. But yeah, I got six teeth taken out, and yeah. been recovering from that. Um, we tried to fit it in like that weekend after, but. You didn't have your mic, and uh, just we weren't doing it with that set up again. Yeah, it's it not great. But if you want to know, we've got a good mic now. Yeah, if you want to know what getting six teeth pulled out feels like, watch Thursday's game again. 
and then you might get see the pain Samoa's in. If you want to, if you want to feel what six teeth getting take out, go watch Tamalolo in round two. Yeah, just watch that pain. Or just watch anything Ben Hunt does to us. <laughs> that bastard. Or on the flip side, anything Ben Hunt does to all the other teams, or what yeah. all the other teams do it's to Ben Hunt. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw somebody said this too, but I actually like. Just all of our ex-players, we should just put them all in one team. It's like, we're going to lose that game, like, whatever. It's a revenge game, but we get it all all done in one game, and yeah. we can win the others. Yeah, if you said all of our ex-players to the Dragons, we're just like, you know what, we'll just write chalk that game. That's 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 it. We're not winning that one, but after that, we'll be fine. <laughs> I like it. Well, who, what other ex-players that really, the, the really kick it into us? I think it's pretty much just all the guys at the Dragons, right? Yeah, I mean... They didn't even play like Maranta or James Pearson. <laughs> Idiots. Like, imagine Terrible if, coaching, imagine Mary. Those two, like, it came down to one point. It would have been like a 36-point drubbing if Maranta and Pearson were on the wings. Mate, like Ravalava is so bad that they might have actually beaten us by 30 if Maranta was on that wing. <laughs> anyway, imagine, we get to that game. But, oh, no, no, just just imagine if you have like Maranta as the wing, Pearson can play centre for some reason, whatever. We'll put him on the same side. Ben Hunt's on that side. Um, we'll just let Corey Norman roam over that side as well. Who else is down there? That's the and we'll put you know Tarek Sims can play second role on that side. Just like stack that side with Broncos, yeah. Um, and then just run at Nicarima all night. Like that's how you win. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Anyway, before we get back into that uh, Dragons game, there's a, a little bit of uh, news or more discussion topics I thought we'd talk about before we got into it. Then you know, not that not a lot of great news going on now for the club, but the. I guess the main bit of chatter on the Broncos, and it's it's kind of ridiculous, but everyone, every ex-Bronco ever, anyone anyone who's ever laced a boot for the Broncos has decided this week it's time to bash Tevita Pangai Jr. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, this is probably like the first thing we've disagreed on in about five years of knowing each other, but yeah. when we're, we're discussing the other night who you'd, who'd you rather over Corey Oates or Tevita Pangai if you'd keep one of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm still not giving up on Davida leaving. I think he's going to stay, but I'd definitely I said, oh, be I taking him. Too. Mate, well, it's a thing. Like we had that discussion, but it's more so like you know, I'm paying, I've been ba- beating the Pango drum since before people saw him in first grade for us. So he's my favourite fo- footballer, as everyone knows. But if it came down to head to head between those two, I think I'd take. Even though like Pango's in the middle, all that kind of stuff with our squad, I think I'd take Corey. But that's me I saying it now. What, well, one thing you said too is also. Like you know, you like Corey has reached his ceiling, and you know you get that like every week. Whereas with Pangai, you're not sure if you're going to reach that ceiling or not. But I just like you—you you don't see many people that can actually do what Pangai well, can do it. on a football field. Whereas like, and you, you know, you don't find Rad Radras and Vernavalos all the time in rugby league, but you see a lot more wingers that can do what Corey Oates can do than you find like middle forwards that can do what yeah. Pangai can do. Okay, let's 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 talk about that first. So, firstly, we had even I don't know why Lockyer spoke about it, but Lockyer is on our recruitment and retention panel and bashed Pangai. That's a genius move. But we had Hodges diss him, Talos diss him, and everyone talking about and Parker dissed him, saying he's not worth a million dollars. But it's like it's three rounds into this season, right? And has anyone given it three seconds thought to realize that he signed a one-year deal because he also knew he currently wasn't worth a million dollars either? Like, he's trying to prove this year his worth. That's yeah, the whole yeah. point of one-year deal. And three rounds into the season, we're like, nah, this guy's not worth a million. It's like, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's trying to prove well, what he's worth, you idiots. It's why, it's why they call it a prove-it deal. Like, you're, yeah. giving you, you're betting on yourself to have a great season 
and be yeah. a much better player than you were the year before and to you know convince somebody that you are worth that money yeah and you know you're just gambling that you don't do an acl or something and like these definitely can go wrong the one-year contracts yeah. but you know sunny bill williams also went around the world just playing on short contracts and earning heaps of money like it's some people just do that yeah. and it works out like if you're that good yeah and he might not be worth a million dollars he might not be right but what kind of like you think they're going to be out there talking saying yeah I'm worth 500 his agent's going to be looking for 500 shooting for the stars <laughs> yeah. yeah we only wait whatever you've got in your and back pocket Paul White we'll take that just give us the scraps maybe the Newcastle Knights are his manager and they're just aiming for mediocrity <laughs> we'll settle for 10th <laughs> like I want to yeah. be the 15th highest paid forward in the game. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just a cop-out. And it's another cop-out as well as, like, this this weird myth that he's inconsistent, if you get me. Like, obviously, okay, what he did on round two, in round two, for example, and we've seen him do that in the, against the Cowboys in the past as well. What he did in round two, nobody does that every week. Nobody. That, that's you, not sustainable. If you did that every week, you'd be the greatest forward of all time. That's a fact. If you played like he did in round two, you, you, no one would stop you. But because he doesn't reach that reach that height every week, doesn't mean he's inconsistent. You idiots! <laughs> no, like what he normally plays, he does at a consistent level. It's not like he has a shocker one week, a great game the next, and then back to a shocker. Like he does play a fairly solid standard of football, mm-hmm. but then he has those that extra like eight gears he can go up. Yeah, it's like he's playing a revenge game against the Cowboys without ever having played for the Cowboys. Like it's just that level. He just notches it up. And it's amazing to say. I mean, he just wants to bash Tamalolo, really. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah, and, and the, valid, the valid criticism is his fitness. And that is the consistency I, you can cop. The valid criticism is, yeah, his hamstrings have been a problem. And, yeah, he's had some quieter games when that's got him. But, you know, he's, he's all... You know, generally when Pangai's fitting on the field for us, generally every week he's one of our three best players. And I know in, our, in the last game against the Dragons, he did have those two costly defensive mistakes. But... He was still one of our best on the field. Played 70 minutes in the middle at his size after after managing injuries in round one. Like, pretty massive effort. He was. I still thought he was a great great for us, but it's just so weird that, like, the whole week's been like a narrative swing talking about Pangai's worth and that he's not worth anything. <laughs> after the last week, was like everyone talking about how he's like the, he's probably going to be better than Tamalolo. Round two, people are saying, you know, probably, probably got a higher ceiling. Good one, Chris Gary. Yeah, I know. Um, it's just ridiculous. The comments I thought were hilarious too, and like obviously no one's ever really accused Justin Hodges of being smart, but yeah, um, like the comments he make, it kind of seems just like a, a cliche you say about a player leaving the Broncos, like a developing player. Like there's been yeah. heaps where they leave the Broncos, and it's like, oh, that's going to ruin your Origin career. But it's like a lot of these players were. Queensland eligible so like you know if they go play for Canberra they just don't get seen as much as like you know someone playing for the Broncos by the Queensland selectors it's just not the same but it's yeah. like he's moving to the premiers that have half of the New South Wales origin side themselves including the captain I'm pretty sure they play in big games and big moments and he's like New South Wales eligible so it's not like he's even Queensland eligible the whole thing was just like what are you doing Hodges like yeah, mate. Those those oh. roosters struggle getting Origin players. I know. Oh, <laughs> they just <laughs> like me and you both understand. Broncos players leaving our club do tend to get paid. That's a fact because we we're on free to air all the time. We're a team that gets a lot of coverage and whatever. And there's it does dent some Origin chances leaving the Broncos. It's not going to. So you see someone like 
like Chris Walker when they were at the Broncos and who they were going to be, and then they left to Parramatta to be, and the Rabbitohs yeah. to become like the superstar in that team. And it's like, well, you know, now you're coaching Ipswich champ and you're taking penalty goals when you're down thirty-eight yeah. to nil with four minutes left. Like, what a great trajectory that's been for him. And the funny yeah. thing about all of that is, like, I love Justin Hodges. The fun, like, he has to be doing this on purpose. Is like, like he did the exact same thing, and he went in his first year <laughs> at the Roosters. He, went he to played. The Roosters. He played Origin, and he won the comp. <laughs> Zero self-awareness Like uh, It's a laugh I I love it He's like If you want to go down there And be happy (laughs) Like like being happy Was a bad thing If you want to drink lattes And be happy (laughs) I mean (laughs) I'd get paid a million To like Live in Sydney And sip lattes Like whatever Yeah And like me and you're not going to Spend all year talking about rumour If he's going Staying or going We know rugby league realities is You know He might be saying He might be going But it's more so The whole like Narrative around him Is just bizarre now it's just ridiculous. And I'm looking here right now, last year, by the way, every single game bar one, he played over 40 minutes, he had over 100 metres. So the games that he didn't have any injuries in, he had over 100 metres every one of them. Inconsistent, mate. Inconsistent. I mean, he's managed by Isaac Moses, isn't he? Yeah, he just, he just, he just signed up with him in the off-season to obviously yeah, so get paid. This is what's happening right now, is him getting attention. Yeah. So that's what he does, and Isaac Moses is the best in the business at being a manager, and so this is going to be just... All, week, all year, every week yeah. in the paper. So, what? And then he'll sign with us for probably overs in like round 25. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's like, you know, he's not going to sign three three weeks into a prove it contract unless he gets offered massive overs. But as you said, Isaac Moses, you know, he's the manager of our coach. He's the manager of like seven of our players. We, we're in the box seat in that regard. Because even if Pangai takes a little less, it's better for all of his clients. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, but, um, yeah. I mean, like, his best mate's up here, his brother's up here. Like, we're definitely in the, you know, the driving seat as far as Pango goes, so... Yeah. Like, a valid Origin knock, by the way, it's like if Ash Taylor stayed at the Broncos, he'd probably be playing Origin already. Or could or be in the, in the thing. Him going to the Titans is different. But Pango going to the Roosters, I mean, turn it up. <laughs> like, maybe if he went to back to the Raiders, you, like, you know, no one gets picked out of the Raiders. But... But even then, it's like, mate, like, I guess actually Blues don't, Blues don't pick, they just ignore, the Canberra doesn't exist for uh, the Blues. For us, no. Queensland will pick someone, but yeah. But whatever, it's just been a funny, funny bit of uh, talk all last week that after him being lauded as the greatest forward ever again, now, last two weeks ago, to now, oh, he's not worth anything. <laughs> Who wants him? But yeah, so, and I'm sure tomorrow night he'll absolutely bash the shit out of the Roosters to, because he's going to try and prove the point then and then people will be back onto it. Is he a $2 million player? <laughs> maybe two, maybe three. <laughs> That's just going to like compound the inconsistency calls, though. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was the best player in the world in round two. He was pretty good in round three, then best again in round four. I'm sick of the inconsistencies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, by the way, that, that's, yeah. Find me, a, find me one rugby league player that is the top level every week. Tamalolo. Tamalolo, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stay on the field, champ. Now he's got problems. <laughs> Uh, one more topic before we move on. I don't want to hammer on about this one too much, but uh, Tom Dearden had his Q Cup debut on the weekend, and every, I think everyone's aware of it because that might be the most attention the Broncos fan base has ever paid to a Q Cup game. But he looked solid. He didn't look as good as Scott Sattler sold him like he was, you know, Darren Lockyer-esque. Like, solid. I messaged you guys in our group chat after the game because I watched most of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, he played pretty well. You know, I was happy with the performance, and then he got man of the match after that, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, fair enough. Yeah. And then over the next, like, that afternoon, the next day, everyone was just, like, lining up to congratulate him as the best 
game of rugby league anyone has ever played. And it's yep. like, right, calm down, people. Like, you know. Calm down. He's like an 18-year-old, and it was his debut, and it was all right. Like, it wasn't as good as everyone's saying. But no, it wasn't. Whatever. It was pretty good still. It was. It was pretty funny, because I, I didn't watch the game live. I watched it uh, the next day, like, last night. No, no, Monday night, sorry. And before, because I saw before I'd watched the game, I saw the Scott Scatler quote saying, like, you know, he... He quoted, like, he broke the line five or six times. I knew it wasn't a fact, but it's like, Scott Sattler doesn't know what a line break is, firstly. <laughs> He's like, oh, I broke the line five or <laughs> six times, set up all the tries, whatever, whatever. They only scored 16 points. You're <laughs> 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 not dancing on someone all the way to 16, but he was, he was pretty good. He set a try up off his boot, only kicked three times, the try up off the boot, and then he, he, he looked good because his defense is pretty decent. He had a... He stole the ball of a, of a prop. We tried to flatten him at one point, which is nice. And then also, I thought he's pretty good when he got the ball in hand because he straightened the attack. Like he went, he went straight off and threw. And, but he liked a bit of a dummy as well. But like, let the guy develop. He wasn't. He was. I don't even know if he's like he was man of the match. He's probably the best player on the field. But like, he wasn't stand out above everybody else. Which is a good debut for an eighteen-year-old, which has I mean, just been blown up. Their, their fullback played better. I forget his name. The bloke they got from the Hunters, you know, he played better than him in that game, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Gebby, yeah. Exactly right. Oh, Gebby's mate. He's awesome, mate. <laughs> a big fan. He's only been in Australia for like four games, and he's killing Q Cup. Yeah, like, I mean, he just, he's so quick off one step, like, yeah. change direction, dodging some people, and then just gone. And, like, there was that run where he ended up, he ran like 50 metres, dodged like 83 people, and then yeah. lost the ball, unfortunately. But you're just like, yeah. man. This guy's that was like it's exciting to watch him play, but yeah. But what yeah, do you think about Lockwood Cooter fullback? <laughs> Cowboys should be getting on the phone of this guy already. Fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, mate, like it's all right. Honestly, got it. it. Cowboys, Titans, Manly should literally like. How are these guys just not watching Q, all of Q Cup and New South Wales Cup and just anybody that looks half decent just signing them up when you've got Opechik and and Kahu in your back line like. These are the clubs that sign Opechek, as you said, Opechek, uh, and Brendan Elliott, those kind of things. Or Moses Sully, who, like, he's in, a, he's in a carpool, and he still can't be dragged to training. He's in a carpool with, like, three other players, and Manly still can't get him to turn up to training. <laughs> yeah. Surely, old mate's got to get a contract within, like, three more weeks of, like, playing half-decent fullback. Someone's yeah, got exactly. to sign him up. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. What's he got? Like, 1,000 run metres in four games. Ridiculous. Anyway, we're not here to talk about the Manly, <laughs> winner Manly uh, reserve grade players. <laughs> Win them weekly. Yeah, I love the alliteration. But, yeah, people, I know I know we're all really impatient with Cody, but let's not let Cody impatience make us ruin the next guy as well. Dearden. No, I'm out. Cody can get out already. Like, I mean, I'm, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm at the point now it's like, you know, not the better the devil you know. It's like, I want to know any other devil. Like, any anyone else. <laughs> any other devil. Any of them. Somebody. At this point, I'm happy to know four devils. I don't care. Yeah, but I don't really want to throw Dearden in next week and then be like, him get, you know, ruin his confidence or anything. Obviously, the coach knows he's better than I do, but I still feel like Sean O'Sullivan is, you know, a genuine op- a genuine uh, option rather than, uh, rather than just Dearden. Yeah, it'll probably just take three or four more weeks for Seabold to realise who his best half is. <laughs> Mate, yeah. <laughs> yeah realise, uh, Matt Gillette's a right-edge player? Excuse me? It's taken him three weeks to realise that the starting right edge for Australia is the best right edge in our team. Like, great work, yeah. mate. Yeah, I know. It was, um, like, obviously, it's only three rounds, and I know the whole season things will balance out, and it's good we've got the right solution now, but it's just so funny, like... Hearing him say, "Oh, putting Gillett back to the right edge is going to fix our defence." It's like, do you figure that out? You on your own, you figured that out. 
No, <laughs> big, he actually got Harvard help from man. his mate at Harvard. Yeah. He did, big Harvard man. <laughs> he got his degree back out, called the professors in a room and said, look, boys, I've got, I've got a problem here. There's this guy here. He's got about 181st grade games on the right edge. Played about 15 <laughs> rep games there or whatever. And then I've got an overweight Jaden Sewer. What, what do you think? <laughs> what do you reckon? What do you reckon? And we're, and we're pretty much undefeated with him on the right edge with that other halfback next to him. But ignoring all that, what do you reckon? <laughs> Jaden uh. Sewer... Looks like Sonny Bill Williams almost kind of if you squint and you're blind. <laughs> and, you, and you put on those glasses people wear to think um, Brody Croft looks like Cooper Cronk. Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon, boys? The, the, the whole brain shots came together, they figured it out. It's good. I'm glad we've got the access to those levels of resources. Because I was, I was stumped, mate. I don't know about you, but I was stumped about where Matt Gillette, Matt Gillette belonged. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I've been wanting him out of the team the whole time. I just didn't know where to play. <laughs> like, that, that, yeah. It wasn't anything else. It was just like, yeah, where do we play this person that plays, yeah. like, right edge for every team he's in, including Queensland and Australia? Like, you know. I don't know. Couldn't figure it out. Anyway, there's no better time than to kick off this review of what it was a terrible game from last week. But anyway, uh, we'll get into the review of uh, the Broncos and Dragons game. So the George Illinois Dragons 25 beat the, beat the Broncos 24 at Suncorp Stadium last Thursday. Terrible crowd, by the way. I mean, can we get less Thursday games? 21,000, which is terrible for us. But uh, anyway, tries uh, for us. Corey Oates won. James Roberts won. Alex Glenn won. Jack Bird won. Uh, conversions, Asako 4 from 4. And a missed field goal for Jermaine. And then for the Dragons, tries. Cam McInnes, Jordan Pereira, Michaela Ravalava, Corbin Sims. And 3 from 4 conversions with, uh, with a, a penalty off with a, and a field goal for Corey Norman. In uh, what was a game that, like, it's one of those things you can try and say it's a positive that we stayed in a game that we didn't deserve to be in. But we also, like, were... I know we were in the game with three minutes ago, but for about 75 minutes of this game, we weren't in it. Yeah. I mean, I was in on all the painkillers in the world, and even they didn't help for this game. Um, yeah. It, like, this is the kind of game people that didn't like Wayne Bennett would point to this and be like, we should have been winning that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then the people that also didn't like Wayne Bennett point to this game and go, oh, it was just like amazing that we hung in there and were with them when we were getting yeah. blown out. And it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. Like, Dragons played really bad for the fact that we played like five minutes of football over the whole game and we tied with, and like we lost by a point in the end. We were tied and had a shot at field goal. Like, that's how bad the Dragons played. Yeah, the Dragons were pretty good for the first 20 or 30, I thought, when they had the first-choice spine in place. But then the rest of the game, like, they had all this ball and field position and couldn't do anything with it. You know, they, they broke our line seven times to only score four tries, and they bombed so many opportunities. They, and they, the whole second half, they were there to be taken, but we just kept, like, shooting ourselves in the foot. And we're supposed to be impressed with the performance because we only lost by one? Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got... That scrum play in the first half, we bombed when Cody went short. And, you you know, if you go at the back, you score there. You got yeah. the one Asako drop. Like, there's definitely other options that on another night, you you know, you win this game pretty comfortably. And then the one where Asako dropped, they go down the field and scored straight away after that, I think. So, it's like, 12-point turnaround there. It's just a cop-out, eh, saying that, you know, you know, we, like, we're happy we stayed in or we scored a lot of points. It's like, I heard people saying, well, we scored 24 points and that wins you most games. It's like, no, it wins you most games if your defence is half decent. And it's like, you know, we had yeah. games last year. People weren't happy when the Bulldogs put 36 on us. Well, we scored 22. Am I supposed to be happy? Am I supposed to be happy when we lost 30 to 34 to the Cowboys? 
or happy, you know, especially happy in those games, or when we lost 16 to 32 to the Storm, or when we lost to Manly 38 24 last year. Nobody was happy in those games. But now this I year, was happy. Like, oh. We scored 24 points, so I was pretty happy then. Yeah, yeah, no, but, oh, but no, this year, mate, it's good. It's good. We, we, look at us hanging in there, the little battlers from north. From oh, north. tough Aussie battlers, mate, you know. Just, just sticking it to the man, just yeah. in there trying hard. Yeah, that's, that's it, what mate. matters is that we're just trying hard and having fun, mate. I don't understand, by the way. I just cannot get like round one when it happened. I know we bash this guy a lot. When it happened in round one, I was like, oh, maybe he's worked on it in the off season. But why do we let Nikarima even near the last tackle? He only kicked it three times in this game, by the way. But Jesus, because I had a heart attack every time he kicked it. I thought he was kicking all game. Like we came out from halftime. You've got a standard set straight up, and then you give him the ball, and he just boots it out on the fall. And, like, it was literally 10 minutes of pressure straight off the back of that kick. Like, mm-hmm. I just, like, f- for a man that went to Harvard and should know things, <laughs> I just don't get how there's just so much basic stuff here that the team just doesn't get. I, I just don't get it. It makes me so frustrated. It do- same for me, mate. It's like, you know, you look at South, for example, and he was there too. So he was there when it was happening. But Cody Walker kicks the ball, like, once a week. And he can actually kick the ball. The reason why he does it, though, is because, well, you know, we have Adam Reynolds, and we occasionally have, we have Damon Cook. Damon Cook. We have no reason for Nick Re- for Cody Walker to kick the ball ever, bar attacking kicks. Meanwhile, we've spent three rounds, I know it wasn't much this game, but three rounds trying to, like, somehow get Nick Arima doing out some of our yardage kicking and putting bombs up. And it feels like every time he puts it up, it's like, it's a win if the ball doesn't come back to where it was kicked from. <laughs> like... Like, I just... It's not even... Like, literally every fan can see this, too. And yeah. every opposition fan, anybody that watches Thursday Night Football, it's just such a basic thing. That, like, there's not one person out there who thinks Cody Nicarima has a good kicking game. Not even his mum likes his kicking game. Like... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's one of those things that's... Like, it's, I would love to, you know... There's, you know, there's coaches' committees every year. I would love them to me to go there one day to say to them, to all the coaches, because obviously people, more than just Seabold, Wayne, whatever, rate Nikarima. I just want to go there and say, like, what is it that you're seeing in him in the number seven jersey that most of us of the community aren't seeing? What are you seeing to justify his position in terms of, like, outside of, okay, God, he's, again, he's got a handy little running game, but is that enough to make up for the yeah. lack of leadership and direction, the lack of kicking... The, the lack of defense, you know, is it is it enough to make up for that? Like, what are you guys seeing that we don't? Honestly, you put any half, any fullback, sorry, out there, put them in the number seven jersey, and they've got a running game as good as Cody Nicarima does, and they can kick just as well. Like, and I, I don't even think I don't. Yeah, I also don't get what they're seeing because then you see Wayne Bennett coaches England against New Zealand, and he's like, right, guys, game plan is run at Cody Nicarima, and we yeah. score eighty three tries. Like, yeah. that's the game plan, and we win. Like, it, it's. <laughs> it, I don't get it. And neither do I. And it's one of those things as well, like, Dragons are one of the few teams that realise they can send traffic at him. For some reason, every week, no one ever runs at him. But the Dragons were doing it early, and I was like, I was panicking. I was like, they're going to put a score up here. But luckily, they didn't have, like, Frizzella or anyone to really... They tried Taraxians at him, but they didn't have any real strong ball carriers sent in his way. But the Dragons, know. I don't know why everyone else doesn't know. but It's yeah. like, yeah, Dragons, Storm can do it, and then, like, Manly, it's a flip of a coin whether they do it or not. <laughs> like, yeah. they try sometimes, and then they don't other times. Like, yeah. I, yeah. It, honestly, I should, like, get a job of just, like, 
coaching against the Broncos every week. Just like whatever side is playing the Broncos, I'll coach with you for a week and just be like, right, I, we have 18 plays I'm setting up here and all of them is just running at Cody <laughs> Nicarima. Like, yeah. that's it. That's all that's we're all, doing all game. It is. It is. And it's like other things to frustrate in this game too is like people, Darius Boyd is not falling for those dummies. They're not dummies. He has gone before he's been dummied both occasions this year. And that annoyed me. Another one annoyed me too. Like this, you know that situation when Oates dropped that bomb? Like Oates is like screaming back like at full pelt just to get there on the full while Boyd just watches him from the back like, oh, you've got it, mate. Like that's, that's Darius's ball. And the same thing with that intercept. It's like, mate, like, these effort... The Seaball talks about effort plays and it's like if your captain's not making effort plays... You know, what's going on? If, you, if you're at the back, we had all this talk off-season. Me and you tried to preach patience with Boyd, but, mate, I've, I, I don't know. I've seen enough, eh? I know, I know you probably have as well. I've just seen enough of him at fullback. I mean, he's as fit as he's ever been, mate. Like, yeah. you know, he's trained at the house down. I just, I'm done with our one. I'm done with our seven. I'm done with half of our nine. Yeah. Put him with our current seven. And I'm done with, yeah, I still hate Gillette, whatever. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Sewer. I'm over like half the team at the moment. I just like the more invested I get in this, the more I hate almost everyone in this side. Like, uh, <laughs> Jack Bird's on my fifth favorite Bronco now. How about that? <laughs> yeah, like I. How's that happen? I mean, we have been over Jack Bird stuff a lot, and yeah. I was never a fan of the signing, but he literally is in my top five Broncos at the moment. And Has like, he been our best player this year? He has been the best player this year. And, like, how could... I just look at these other frauds and be like, how could you let this happen? Now I have to do it for Jack Bird. <laughs> How'd you do this to me, all of you? How could you? Like, <sighs> I like Oates, and I like TPJ, and I like Jimmy the Jet, and Asako, and Jack Bird. I just like our back line, except for Darius Boyd. The rest of you can get in the bin. I don't care. Yeah. No, I don't like Carrigan. Yeah, but, uh, like, it's one of those things, like, the Bird and... Um, and Bird and Oates look great on that left edge, but like da- like Darius at fullback, I know he's not making his bad many bad mistakes he has in other weeks, and he's actually other years, and he has he is running the ball back a bit better than he had been in the past, and he's still making more meters. But it's like there's nothing going with him in attack anymore. Like when he gets in that link play, the sweep play, he's not drawing anybody in, he's just throwing the cut out instantly, and then just like in defence, I know that that trial Kinnis went through. Like, Darius is shorter odds to stop him than not. But, mate, take the guy with the ball. The guy in support was a prop. <laughs> like, smash the guy with the ball. Grow, grow a pair. And the same last one. Hit the prop when Osiris Solomon had dummied you. Just, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Do something. Do, do anything. But yeah, and then... It's just one of those things. You look at, oh, my one's up before me, my seven's up before me, and then let's blame Milford for everything else then. <laughs> Idiots everywhere. Um, Jack Bird, though, like... Is this the first time we've had a decent centre inside Corey Oates? Yes, it is. Like Reed was the best centre we've had there for a while. Like, Mogo had a good year, but he had a, he was allergic to passing He's, to Oates. But Bird has like yeah, made yeah. the right call in almost every backline play. Like he hasn't forced past though. It hasn't the situations like, we've had him before where like someone passes to him and he's like almost over the sideline already. Haven't had those, so that's been good. But I think Bird's been pretty good there. Yeah, that's like just watching it. Yeah, he he does the pass when it's there, but. If there's if, yeah, if there's nothing there, he just takes the tackle, and yeah, it's just like Moga seemed to like spend half the year, and everyone was bashing him for not passing, and then he's like, yeah. "Well, I'm just going to pass in every situation." Over <laughs> the like, sideline, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and my other big bugbear is the bench rotation again. 
Like, I mean, classic Seabold, though. Like, round two, he got it right. And, you know, he won as well to help. But he got it right in round two. Then in this game, so if you haven't paid attention to the rotation in this game, as I said earlier, Pangai played 70 at, at prop, which I think is too much, by the way. And it, no, no no coincidence, he, po- he made it to two sloppy defensive errors with that. But anyway, he played 70 at prop, which is weird. And then you had uh, Matt Gillett did the usual middle stint at the start. Thank God that's over. Then he came back on, on the right edge. So he came back on in the middle, went to the right edge with 20 minutes to go. But uh, we also did, we took off, um, what am I going to say? Oh, with 10 minutes to go, we took off one of the other middles. I forget who it was. For, oh, that's it. Sorry, Gillette went to the right edge, and then Jaden Sewer came on. But Bird played, I don't think people noticed, Bird played like lock for the last 10 minutes. And Katoni Staggs played left edge. And then Flegler only played 20 minutes this game after killing it the last game. So it's like, what's going on? <laughs> this isn't the right solution either, but it would work better than what he's currently doing. It's just like everybody gets 20-minute stints and like we just rotate alphabetically. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> It would work better. <laughs> it's just, ah. Uh, I don't get it. I'm hoping, I'm trying, to go cl- I'm trying to clear my mind and saying, you know what, the first three games are now gone. We've got Lodge back. Gillett's going to the right edge. I'm trying to clear my mind and say we're going to get it right from here. But, like, just come, like, you suppose if people plan these rotations, and without injury, generally you stick to them. And, or, you know, if someone's performing exceptionally, you, you change the rotation. But it's been like every game we've had a different edge back rower play next to Nikarima. I don't know how you expect him to defend well like that, but it's like Sewer was a back rower round one. And then Fafita was the back row of round two. And then Gillette was the back row for half of round two, while Fafita was for half of it. And then Sue was a bench middle for two games. And now Katoni Staggs is coming on at centre while Jack Bird plays in the middle. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? Like, how are they supposed to get... It's the same problem when we bashed Mary before this week, how he's just moving his team around so much. How are they supposed to get better working together if you change who's inside and outside each player every week? Yeah, I just... Yeah, whatever. <sighs> uh, well, anyway, let's move on to the match preview, hey? It was, a, it was one of those games, like, at the end, we, we had the chance of winning this. Osako shouldn't have taken that shot at field goal, but also the pass from McCulloch was terrible. Like, uh, yeah, I don't mind Osako taking it, because normally he's going to nail that, and even yeah. though everything else was wrong with it, like, you'd still kind of count on him to just smack that over. He still but counted it. he's 20 metres out. McCulloch took three and a half years to get into dummy half and took even longer to throw the ball out of dummy half. Yeah. It was straight at the ground. Like, just everything was wrong with it. And the fact that you take, you know, two more plays and they don't actually have time to have a shot at the other yeah. end. Yeah, that's it. Like and, it, oh, like, and straight after the game, I was like, I mean, I didn't mind it as much because you're like, whatever, you're pretty much in front and Asako was going to bang that over 99 times out of 100. Yeah. So you're gonna win, but still, you just. Oh mate. As much as that should happen normally, you just like, if you play two more plays, you go 20 meters out the kick, and you just uh, one more. You take, you take all the risk out of like out of kicking it dead. Like there's no risk there anymore. Yeah, exactly right. And then at the end, in, this, in the last set of the game, we had bogged them down the first two or three tackles. And this is another situation. We had this last year. Our players have to be smarter. When James Graham had that good run right and he got to the 50-meter mark, give a penalty away. Legitimately. Hold him down. Because they've already, they're crossed halfway now. They're going to get a good shot either way. But if you hold him down, you take 20 seconds off the clock. 
they'd have one. They would have one tackle if they kicked for, like if they kicked for touch to have a shot, and that's gives you the best chance. Instead, we let them have three good play the balls in a row, and they got a clean shot from Norman with no pressure on him. So you just got to be smarter, guys. Situationally, like once Graham had a great run when he took him back up field, like, okay, let's hold him down. We'll cop a penalty. But it was this thing they didn't see anyone was managing the clock, and this is the whole thing we talk about. There just doesn't seem to be anyone managing this team sometimes. Um. Obviously, a different team, but yeah. we should hire whoever is the field goal coordinator for the Raiders because they can like they can set up for a field goal proper. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like obviously we've had some banging field goals, but it's never it's always been the field goal's been a good field goal. It's not been a great yeah, setup. It's not a good setup. <laughs> Whereas the one they set up for this last week, and like everyone knew the field goal was coming because they set up for it like three plays earlier. Yeah, and so, but it was still the, probably the best setup I've ever seen. And there was another one against the Eels, I think, last year, where Hodgson just dummied and like the whole line sprinted past him, and he just like scored a try. And it's like, yeah, see, these guys know how to set up for a field goal. Or, Honestly, like, in this set situation, up that play. on that tackle, then as you just mentioned, Hodge should have dummied and gone. By the way, when he got there and it was a slow little play the ball, because the marker's already going past him to block Osako. Yeah, two another ten meters off. Like that's again something smart, thing, smarter hookers do. Especially if you've got plays left. Yeah, you would have got a great quick play the ball with exactly the next tackle. And ten meters further down, or, or yeah. you score a try. But like, yeah, that's it. At worst, you gain ten meters. You get a quick play the ball, and like other people in our team can pass a football. McCulloch's not the only one that can pass a football to someone's feet. It's just one of those things. With how long was left, I know tackle three field goals usually pretty good, but taking it that time, it was like we were giving them a full set. No matter if we miss, we we left more risk in it than we should have. We should have soaked more clock, taken another tackle or maybe two, and then given them way less time to get back downfield. We gave them what was like 50 seconds or whatever left on the clock. They had time to run a full set, which they did do. It's very much like we've talked about this with Ben Hunt's kicking game before, but it's like they've looked at how to set up for a field goal in a vacuum like on Thursday, on Wednesday afternoon or whatever at training, and they're like... If you can kick it, like going for it on the third is a great option because people aren't fully aware of it or whatever. Like, you know, and that, like in a vacuum, that there's some logic to how to to do that. But there you're is. like, you know, it just seemed like Ben Hunt's kicking game where he's like, oh, kicking early is good, and so then he would just do that with like regardless of the game situation. You just like, it's good. Like that's good in a certain situation. Like you got to have more thought go into this than just like thinking, oh, okay, we'll set up for a field goal on the third, and then, like, this is how we're going to set up for a field goal two and a half days before the game happens. Yeah, and it's one of those things, like, it's almost like it was any other time left on the clock, two minutes left on the clock, 30 seconds left on the clock, it was a fine option. But at that particular time, like a minute on the clock, that was when it was wrong, because you're leaving if you miss it, just exactly a full set. You're not giving yourself any time to get the ball back, and, like, if you, get, if you kicked it at 30 seconds and you missed... They literally, again, they have 30 seconds to go the whole field. They're not doing it unless they pull off a miracle. But that was it. It was like, got to be a bit smarter, boys. And I wasn't, like, when they were lining up, I wasn't happy for it on third either because I looked at the clock myself and I was like, fuck, if he misses this. Because it was a big field goal. It was like 35 metres back. Yeah, it was at least him, 30. Yeah. yeah. I know we can smack him, but, but still. Again, another thing. If Mac is, like, Ugh. any quicker and if he throws a ball not to his feet, like, he just bangs that over. Like, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, oh, McCulloch. Yeah, I'm trying to. Anyway, let's move on to the preview. We've, we've, we've winged my foot this game because it's quite funny. I'm actually really confident tomorrow night. <laughs> but 
Oh, classic Broncos, eh? It is. Oh, it is classic, these Broncos. So anyway, move on to the preview of this, uh, this game. So I'm on, on Thursday night at the bloody SCG. The SCG we have to play at. Anyway, the Brisbane Broncos take on the Sydney Roosters. It's our first ever game at the SCG. And anyway, the history between the two sides, it's 51 games, 30 wins to the Broncos, 19 to the Roosters, and uh, the Roosters and two draws. And last year we won both the fixtures in, in similar fashion of like, no one gave us any chance what we turned up for that game. But yeah, sh- sh- yeah. let's go to do his team list, Simo. Rightio, at uh, fullback is Darius Boyd, probably half the time, the other half time he'll be wherever <laughs> he wants to be. Um, <laughs> over on the left side, we've got a change here, so Corey Oates, and then, oh no, sorry, changed on the other side, Corey Oates and Jack Bird over on the left, Tony Staggs is coming in for James Roberts, who is injured, and Jermaine Asako, Anthony Milford, 5'8", and Cody Nicarima will be playing the other half of the game that Darius Boyd isn't playing at halfback. <laughs> Uh, Matt Lodge comes back and Joel Fangawi are the front rowers with McCulloch, second row of Alex Glenn and Matt Gillette, and then TPJ is the lock. An interchange of Jermat Shibasaki, Jaden Sua, Thomas Flegler, and David Fafida, and reserves Carrigan and Fensum. Okay, and for the Roosters, we've got uh, the laid out today of Rio Hargraves. If you didn't hear, peace out. But anyway, fullback James Tedesco. On the left wing, Daniel Tupo and the left centre, Latron Mitchell. On the right, we've got Joseph Manu and Matt Ikevalu. Uh, the halves, Luke Keary and Cooper Cronk. In the forwards, so the front rows now, Zane Tedavano and Siwa Takiyaho with uh, Victor Radley at hooker with Jake Friend also missing this game. And the back row, you've got Boyd Corner on the left edge, Mitch Orbison on the right edge, Isaac Liu at lock. And on the bench, uh, Lindsay Collins... Farmusili, so Poasa Farmusili, uh, Angus Crichton, and Nat Butcher. And with the extended bench, uh, Satili Tupunia, I don't know how to say that one, sorry, and Sam Virils, who's a hooker. So um, that's how it's named, but I would not be shocked to see them do the shuffle of uh, Mitch Orbison to centre, Manu to the wing, and then Crichton to start on the right edge, just because of how bad Ikevalu was last week against um, against Sibo. Yeah, so well, Corey is going to be there. Will so. murder him. <laughs> but yeah, that's how they're named. A couple of nice outs for us on their regards. Jake Friend and Maria Hargraves out. I know Kronk's an added bonus for them, but yeah, on our side, James Roberts is out. But I'm I'm actually happy with that if you get me because I want him to get that ankle right and Stags is a perfectly fine replacement. So not too bad. I think it's our best-looking pack all season. It's finally we've got the pack. I know it's only four rounds in, but we've got the pack starting that we'll, we all the fans kind of wanted, you know? Yeah, I mean, not to get too high on stags, but our whole send is like one, two, three. I'm happy with all three of those. Like, it's not really a huge step down to me. Like, obviously, stags is not as experienced, but when he's come in, he's always done a really good job. I mean, he's strong as like, you see him all the time, just fending off people and doing what he wants. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're going to have someone missing and get their injuries right, you'd rather that be at the start of the season. And then, you know, stags is not a bad replacement there. Yeah, I mean, we saw last year with it when Roberts was carrying this Achilles injury. We didn't get many more of those explosive plays of like, you know, drifting across field and cutting through a gap that wasn't really there, or what he did to Latrell Mitchell, you know, early in the season last year when he skinned him twice and ran the entire field. Like, like those plays weren't happening. We still get like things that happened last week can happen with these Achilles. He's still a fast man alive, but the explosion isn't there. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy. I would love him to get it sorted because yeah, come business end of the year. 
he's a game breaker for us as we know we're, and, we, and we know now we have Stags it's not like we're playing Opacek or somebody coming in Stags is our backup centre he's a good enough he's performed almost every time he's hit the field so I'm pretty happy with that decision to, to rest him yeah I mean you want a fit Roberts for the end of the season because tries yeah they can just make things out of nothing happen I mean yeah. people think it's all luck but that's what he does you know yeah um, wasn't luck when he did it for the Titans. Yeah, I did laugh at that. Actually, it's one thing I want to mention from last week. When people put down the Broncos' tries were lucky, I agree the Ravalava try for it. When Ravalava dropped it and we scored, was lucky. I agree with that. I agree the last try was lucky because we had popped his shoulder out. The James Roberts try was not luck. That <laughs> is what James Roberts is paid to do. He does that every few weeks. That's not luck. That's skill, okay? <laughs> There's a difference. He caught the ball, picked the kick out of the air, stepped the guy in the same movement and went the distance of the field. That is not luck. If it was luck, other people could do it. I mean, you see <laughs> probably once a game or so people intercept a kick like that, Yeah, and but they happens. just don't have the speed and they get tackled five metres, <laughs> ten metres down the field. Like, mm-hmm. his speed isn't luck. That's what you, you buy him for. And, you know, if you got that speed, you score a try there instead of being tackled ten metres down the field. Yeah, it's like saying a, a crazy athletic finish from, like, a Fusatura is luck. No, that's what he's paid to. That's his skill. You know, it's like this is what James Roberts does. That's not luck. That's just what he is. I mean, if you once you start breaking down tries and like, yeah, you know, oh, like this or like that or whatever, you can kind of write off like eighty percent of tries. You're like, oh, these tries were from kicks. So, you know, like they don't, yeah. they're not full tries. They're just yeah. half tries. And this one was lucky. And then this one, this shouldn't have happened. And like, yeah, if you start doing that to a team, you can. It's easy. No one's got any tries. They're all yeah. lucky. They Everything's lucky. Or yeah, because three, three tackles earlier, there was a bad call. They shouldn't have had it. Luck. It's like, well, Osako dropped the ball over the line last week, and no one's saying that's unlucky. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and then we also bombed that one off the scrum play yeah. where Cody went to Oates. It's yeah. like, unlucky. Like, yeah. So in terms of one thing I did, I did like last week, by the way, was there was a couple of times we started seeing the scrum plays coming, which is one of the things that was an asset from Seabold at South. And we have done a few of them over the years with Wayne here anyway, but it was just good to see. The one to the right with Corey Oates hitting the short ball as a lead runner where Nick Ramey tried to hit Oates, that is one out of our Wayne Bennett playbook. We've used that one before. I think everyone's seen that one. But going the other way to the left, it was a bit different. And Osako was in the situation as well as a, as a second runner, and that was a bit more... I'm not going to wank on like Fox Sports doing, like, oh, Seabold's the world's greatest left-edge attacking coach or whatever. But it was like, oh, these are the scrum plays that... Seabold was running last year and I like those for us because they look like free points when South got a scrum and the opposition 20 last year hey <laughs> yeah I mean I'm not surprised that a man you know a Harvard man and as smart as Seabold <laughs> is that if you can take like half of the opposition defence and stick them in a huddle yeah. and then you've got speed like James Roberts and strength like Corey Oates you're like oh we can run some plays with this like what yeah I mean yeah <laughs> you, well, you, got, you get the brains trust together you just come up with some things Harvard's brains trust <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of this week's episode. It's like Harvard oh, Brain Trust. <laughs> yeah, mate. I'm telling you, if me and you could understand it, maybe we don't. We'd get it more. Forget. We just don't. We're just not on the same level of thinking as, as that. I, I assume we're just like sitting down at a park bench and like we're seeing a game of checkers, but like for Seabol, yeah. it's like in seven dimensions and there's like chess pieces <laughs> everywhere and like yeah. you know all that sort of stuff. Like that's what he's he's playing a completely different game. Yeah, it's like eleven dimension battleship or something. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to next week when, when Alfie comes on the field. Instead of giving the halves, you know, that sticky hand spray, he's going to chuck out some detergent. Because, you know, <laughs> as, as you know, soapy balls, mate, that training's going to pay off one day. He's going to chuck out that cheap $2 bottle of bottles of Woolies detergent. The boys are going to pass it around and get those hands real soapy. 
You know, I'm, I'm surprised Seabold hasn't thought of this himself, actually, because he said they yeah. train at 125%. And like, <laughs> so... I might, I might send him like something on Twitter, but they should try playing at 125 percent because the other teams won't be able to keep up. Like I know they'll be right. at, like you know at their 30 meter line defending, and the Broncos will be down on the goal line because they're just 25 percent faster than the other team. Like yeah, it's such a secret weapon that everybody knows about it. Training harder, <laughs> like how do other teams know. How do they know it's coming? Ah, <laughs> oh, bloody hell! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Once, once, once we play, when we do a training off, though, I'm telling you, we're gonna look pretty good. When when we get to the, to the training finals, mate, in an unopposed training session, we can have some slick backline. <laughs> <laughs> soapy balls, mate. Everything. I tell you what. How <laughs> uh, yeah, many soapy balls you played with, champ? Exactly right. Oh god, I'm glad that. I'm glad preseason's over. Those were ridiculous. But the Harvard man thing is staying. Oh god, it gets mentioned like any time he's mentioned. Not on the coverage. Any time he's mentioned on like one of those magazine shows, like 360 or similar. Uh, oh, gee, he went to Harvard. A, such a smart, such a smart man. Just, just different thinker. Yeah, definitely. When we've been playing the first few rounds, it definitely didn't look like Broncos rugby league to me. So maybe he's a different thinker. Definitely. <laughs> like, what is this shit? <laughs> Oh, but he's got those handwritten playbooks that he wrote down watching Wayne Bennett coach in, like, 1997. Yeah, yeah. what's his notes say? Step one, be Wayne Bennett. <laughs> oh, Step one, score coach. more points than the yeah. other team. Maybe you should have told him that at halftime of the Dragons <laughs> game, mate. Yeah, no, don't kick the ball out in the full first tackle. That's what first set. That's probably a good idea. Anyway, other positive in this game, and I know, again, me and you are not big fans of either of these players, but I am actually stoked that Matt Gillett's back next to Nikarima because the strongest asset of him, of his whole game, is his desperate defence. And, um, we, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but we concede like four and a half points less with Gillett next to Nikarima than we do without Gillett there, if you get me. And you think four and a half points again doesn't sound like much. Well, it's over 100 points a season, if that's what was going to a whole season, that we concede less with Gillett saving Nikarima's ass. So I'm very interested to see if Gillett's still got that in him. You know, obviously he's still working his way back, but, you know, he has, we've all known, he has his unorthodox tackles or like he'll, you know, somehow chop someone down before the try line by grabbing them by the neck. He's like, how did he do that? I don't know, but he's or always been good them. at that. Yeah. And he's also been pretty good at like, anytime someone's one-on-one with Cody, he's always pretty good at jamming in and smashing that bloke as well. Or if Cody's holding a guy up, Gillett's good at putting him on their back. So I'm happy for that. And I know that like, it's a long time ago now, but their record together is like, I think we've won like 14 and lost like 5 with that combination playing together so it's just more so he can't fix his kicking game or Gillette would like to kick for him he'd love to kick for him but <laughs> he'd definitely help his defence and I know it's probably going to take a while to get that combination back going but I'm just I'm more confident that. even though I love Dave Fafita I just I'm, I'm happy to see him defending next to him especially against Boyd Corner who has uh, 8 tries in 12 games against us his best record against any team yeah I mean I'm still not going to like either of them but yeah. It's as good as you can get, really. Yeah, maybe this is a whole big trick from uh, from Anthony Sewell, mate. He did, he'd heard about Big Broncos Weekly and their match not not loving him. They thought, you know what? If we put him in the middle for three weeks, <laughs> we put him back on the edge, <laughs> then they'll appreciate Matt Gillett. <laughs> yeah, no, then we'll I'm not that, that easy. I don't change yeah. my opinions that much. <laughs> well, mate, we've got to call up. Mate, maybe we'll go to Yale, me or you. We'll call up someone at Yale. We'll get the brain trust together. <laughs> Going to Oxford. Go to Oxford? Yeah, why not? <laughs> At least actually play rugby league in that country. <laughs> yeah, they've they got to have a much better brain trust for rugby league. They do. Um, also, another thing, like, have we really, like, already just give like, Jaden Sewer's, like, our third bench middle now? That's a thing. We paid this dude money and, like, whatever. Is know. he also managed by Isaac Moses? 
I don't know. Let's just say yes. Probably. Just for peace of mind. <laughs> Classic Isaac Moses move, though. Get someone paid, yeah. useless player. Oh, yeah, just like he's looked, he's looked solid in the middle, right? He actually had last against games, he's been pretty good there, but it's like, did we not pay this man to be an edge-back rower and, like, after one game? I know, I'm happy, I'm happy with the decision, just, like, where he sits now is the best spot for him in our team, but it just doesn't make any sense that, like, we just didn't let him go, forget me. I, I know, like, by the time we signed him, we were like, we already knew Fafita was better than him in that position yeah. too, so, like, it made no sense at the time and it makes less sense now. Jesus, mate. I tell you what, if we could just... You know what? I might cop Pangai leaving if we can let all the Moses guys go. So we've got... Um, that's not going to happen. You know, like, that's why Moses got Seabold into the Broncos. But, so, so Jordan Kahu's one of them. He's already gone. Uh, Cody Nicarim is another Moses guy. Sewer's a Moses guy. Gillett's a Moses guy. McCulloch's a Moses guy. And then uh, the ones, Glenn, uh, Turpin, and Lodge, the other ones, with TBJ. So what you're saying is someone just, like... And I'm not telling anybody <laughs> listens to this to go murder anyone but if something if. happened to Isaac Moses like you know you know yeah. I mean the rugby league landscape would be better for it that's all I'm going to say <laughs> okay, but yeah man we keep I forget, I forget like just how many of our players he's got we, has he got Isaiah Parisi he must have Parisi like, just, just surely he's got Parisi there's oh, no way he like Parisi came to the Broncos unless Isaac Moses did it like <laughs> Like, credit to the man. He's the best in the world at what he does. Like, yeah, the three best people at their jobs ever is, like, Wayne Gretzky, Donald Bradman, and Isaac Moses. Isaac like, Moses. that's the level he's at for managing. Like, yeah, how has he somehow got, like, all the Broncos back rowers and got them all to stay there? Is it not better for him to have them separated? He's like, no, I'm having all the back rowers. I've got Glenn and Gillette and Sewer, whatever. <laughs> Keep them all there. I mean, you're going to see the move soon enough because they'll get overpaid, like, the whole yeah. spine did at the Tigers, you know, when he had all four of them and they were all off at the same year and they all got yeah. paid. And it's like, you know, we're not going to keep all of it. Like, it's better for him to have less players at one club, like to spread them all out because he'll get yeah. paid more. Yeah, so. exactly. So he had, yeah, he had all the spine, everyone knows. But he only has Luke Brooks and Matt Eisenhuth left at, uh, left at the Tigers. He had like 10 of the Tigers at one point and they, uh, they, got, they got rid of those pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, so I think, yeah, I think we'll see a few move on <laughs> soon yeah. enough. But anyway, I'm actually, I'm actually reasonably confident in this game, though. I really think, like, again, Pangai turns up all the time anyway, but that middle of Lodge, Joe and Pangai is what you want to see starting. We know Pangai fires up for big games, and, and also this whole Roosters thing probably gets him going, so be it lock where he belongs. and then you've Especially got- without JWH, and, like, Jake Friend's not the world's greatest player, but he's still a decent hooker, and he can make a million tackles. So, like, without those two there, and then our middle, you know, you're liking that look. Mate, if we lose lose the battle of the middle to Zane Tedavano, Cy Takiaho, and Isaac Liu, pack it up. Like those are good players, but if if Lodge, Joe, and Pangai don't don't dominate the middle of this game early on, and also it's not haven't got Jake Friend steering them, like if they don't dominate the middle early on, what's going on here? Yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, I have got a little concern about um, conceding tries off kicks in this game. We somehow haven't conceded one off a kick yet this year. But we know we've been bad for it in the past. But Cooper Cronk's back, Tupu on the wing, it's going to happen. Yeah, Cronk's back, and they've also found a way <laughs> that they're actually kicking to Tupu on short sides now rather than the big sweeping kicks from Cronk. We've had a couple of occasions, you've had Kiri kick on a short side to him, and what ends up doing is if you go down a short side, there's no time to set blockers up. 
So they found a way to get two by three. And, you know, I love Osako. Fanta- you know, he played his first bad game for us last week. He's been brilliant for us. But, it's, like, Tupo is going to get higher than anybody else. He just always has proven that. Especially if you've got the running start. Yeah, exactly. Like. So that you know that that is a bit of a nervous nervous area that that side of the field. But hopefully, on the other side, we can run over Ikevalu. I am I am disappointed. I'm disappointed we're not going to get to see Jimmy the Jet bathe uh, Latrell Mitchell again. Oh, but mate, Latrell fended him that one time three years ago. Yeah, and then Jimmy the Jet smashed him every other time, but that one time. <laughs> Bloody hell! But yeah, right. It's yeah, it's going to go to fan thoughts. You reckon? I don't know. Anyway, I've, I'm pretty. I'm still reasonably confident. Just tries off kicks, scare me. That's my big biggest fear. Their luck, though, no Simo. If we if we if we count the scoreboard on luck, <laughs> we're, we're sure to win. Yeah. Oh, and one uh, more thing before we move on. One final comment. I know people. One thing I bagged about last year: how were Broncos allowed too fast to play the ball? Even though we've lost the first two or three games, one of the good signs of like the Seaball, we have the third slowest play of the ball so far, and it's getting slower that we allow. So. That's good. It starts slowing the ruck down. We'll probably get away with it a fair bit too because, like, it'll take a year for the refs to realise that we're not the same team anymore. Yeah, You know, will. like, <laughs> everyone always knew we had the fastest play of the balls and we never really got penalised for that, obviously, because yeah. we had fast play of the balls. And now it's like... Let's get away with it for a while. We'll get away with it. This is our year, mate. We, yeah, re- yeah. we got Magellan on the right edge. Well, I don't... We're sure to win. Oh, mate, can he just start kicking for, for Cody? He'll do it. He'll lo- he loves to do it. Just do it, Jillo. You know, like, we're going to be feeling great about this game, and then two and a half minutes in, Cody's putting a midfield bomb up from his own 30. Yeah, yeah, Darius has caught the... He's, he's barely chased a kick and got tackled five minutes out from our line on the first set somehow, and then we make it up to 40 metres out on the last tackle. And <laughs> Pass back kick, 15 metres. And then Nick Raven kicks it into Tedesco's chest 40 out from their line. You're like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate my team. <laughs> Anyway, let's go into fair thoughts, such questions or whatever, whatever you've got there in front of you. Rightio. Um, I'm just going to skip the match thoughts from the game. I think we'll probably, I'll just do it when I want to and <laughs> when, we, when we win games. Yeah, um, flat track questions, mate. Yeah, yeah. But we got the, um, obviously, the, the questions from the thread, the post we put out, the Sarvi. So, uh, from Cameron, he said, are there any decent commentary alternatives to the clowns at Channel 9? I've tried listening to music, but you missed some calls or injury news. And I can't afford Foxtel, thanks. Have you tried being deaf? That's, that's a good alternative. Have you tried taking a steak knife and just piercing your eardrums repeatedly? <laughs> uh, um, exactly. I mean, well, KO is a good option. I don't like it's cheaper than Foxtel. I don't know where people's money budgets yeah. are for like you know watching football, but KO is always a good option. That's on um, our save the finance advice for our other Patreon podcast, Simo, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should get advertised by, oh, they probably won't sponsor because I like do a cheap deal with my brother and like someone else so we split KO that way so it cost me about like eight, ten bucks or something um, but yeah I mean I, music over channel line definitely I usually yeah. just have the sound down fairly low and just don't really listen to it it's just you know more the games on yeah I mean that did, for me I'll, I'll listen to call the callers I like which is like Vossie, Warren Smith, and I don't hate I don't hate the line guys as much. I think Fox has actually slid a lot with their their secondary teams are much worse. But I've tried to do my best this year of tuning out. <laughs> so like I just try and tune out to the commentary, but because I, I want to leave it on because you want to hear you know what the best saying for a penalty or whatever. But sometimes now, as you said, for other games I'll listen to music and then I'll turn the music off or pause it, 
for the tries or bunker or whatever. Yeah. Uh, from Jeff, he said, you're about as consistent as our halves at the moment. We are. Um, Andrew said, Broncos monthly. Are we, are we, a, are we worth a million dollars? How consistent I are mean, we? We're worth a million fake podcast dollars, so... You know. <laughs> uh, from Brandon, he said, if you were the coach, what are some key positional changes you would make or tactical changes, etc., for a quick turnaround in form? There is never any answer to quick turnaround in form. I mean, I've got one. I yeah. would drop number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I'd just play like the seagull side. Yeah. Just we're, play all of them. We're in a terrible spot with Darius Boy because you're not going to move your captain to a wing, really. But, like, but if, you know, if all things equal, I'm moving Asako to one and Boyd to five, and I'm moving Nick Rimmett to 14, and I'm putting in. Sean O'Sullivan that's who I'm playing at 7 he's unfortunately played quite a Queensland Cup game this year he's been injured but he's back this week but Sean O'Sullivan's who I'm playing at 7 and then you know Nicker goes to the 14 unfortunately it means Staggs probably falls off the bench but I mean you know, Fafita can cover the centres himself and then that just means the last two minutes of the game Nicker ever plays hooker it's probably good that you don't want your captain to move him to the wing because I don't think that fraud should be our captain either. So I just kill two stones, with, two birds <laughs> two with one stone there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. I, I just don't get for how many handwritten notes Seabold's taken on Wayne Bennett's game plan. Like, he, we just haven't gone back to what was really successful in 2015 with Macca and Nico playing one role in the team. Like, yeah. I get people are like, oh, there's only eight rotations or whatever, but it just works so well. Yeah. And I'm especially surprised because um, how well Damien Cook worked for the Rabbitohs, I would have thought Seabold would try to like be able to get some of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Macu is a pretty good hooker for the first half of every game because the game is more physical and it's played more through the middle. But as the game opens up, as we see in some of these, like, for example, the set you mentioned when you slow to play the ball for the field goal, it's like, mate, we need some... We need some advantage taken of these faster play the walls we're getting you know we need some better service or someone who's looking around the ruck more you know so Nicarima we've always been on that bandwagon that, that we li- I like the uh, Maka Nico hybrid hooker yeah I just maybe we should get Maka down to the beach and do some beach sprinting <laughs> maybe we should maybe we just get into the NFL pro days mate and get his uh, top 40 time falsified like Val Holmes is <laughs> yeah, 4.50 or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure you're as fast as AJ Green, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, from Stephen, he said, do you think it's a case of second-year syndrome or the yips from the Iceman? Nah, it's just one bad game, mate. Like, <clears throat> and he was good in round, uh, round one and round two. It would be I think, fine. I don't even think he was bad in this game either until he got like concussed. Like, I think he should have been probably taken off the field then. Yeah, you're right. After that point, he had a, he made a couple of mistakes. Like, great, but he was he was fine till then. But you know, I'm not surprised he made a couple of mistakes when his head was probably feeling inside out. Like you know, he's looking really confident on obvious uh, after that after that period. Not, but like every other game, I've really liked how hard he's carrying the ball back. He's always had that in him, but he he didn't always cut it back hard last year. He's really cut, hitting the line hard when we're returning kicks or or taking those first tackle hit ups. I'm really liking that. So, yeah, I think he's been playing quite well by the end of that game. Can he come in field and kick some downfield kicks too? Like, when Nicarima's on... When we go right to kick, and he's running there and pushing Nicarima away and just boot the ball as far as he can. I'd rather kick it dead at this point than put a beautiful bomb up from Nicarima's boot. 
Uh, yeah, maybe now that we can actually defend properly, like the ruck yeah. speed, we could like handle some seven tackle sets. But under Wayne, they were tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, on Facebook, Dale just wants a formal apology to Jack Bird. Formal? <laughs> uh, mm, I don't, I'm not ready to, to formally apologise. Let's. I'm definitely ready to flip straight back on him if he has a bad game. So I'm not apologising yet. <laughs> I'm, about to say, I'm, not, I'm not ready to apologise because I'm also about to say I'm ready to, if he has a bad game, what costs us a game, I'm ready to flip. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm definitely happy to like reverse like, all of my opinions on Jack Bird in like 13 seconds. Yeah, you got to understand, I've got my boys. Like, I could walk in on um, Pangai slamming my mother and I'd be offering him some more lube and leaving the room. <laughs> Can I get you a refreshment, sir? Anything I can help you with? So like, we'll judge the cup your balls. The balls are good. Okay, I'll, I'll let you leave you to it. But this oh, difference. Actually, that reminds me. <laughs> there was um, there was a match thoughts from the Cowboys game, which was just like amazing. Yeah. Um, I've just got to find this. So just like okay. talk for a so second or something. Yeah, oh, here, we, here it is. Yeah, that was good. It's from Mister Underscore Wars. So you know it's going to be good. Of course, it was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even share this with you because I was hoping like you mightn't have seen it and like we yeah. could bring it up now. But then we didn't record. So he said, "Your woman is a strong, fertile Broncos loving woman, fierce and independent, and happens to have an empty jar at the game for th- which three Broncos you asking to deposit their seed for a baby turkey based at Lucky Dip to be raised as your own child. <laughs> Who do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> Bring the He's good got Pangai, Flegler, and Oates. <laughs> mate, well, oh yeah, well, people know I'm a Flegler guy too, mate. Some of my boys are coming through. Other ones, not not, not so much. But oh. Flegler, Pangai, I've always been cool. Oates. How, by the way, I think my favourite thing of how bad the last year, year and a half has been for results wise for us. We've had tough losses. My favourite thing of the last eighteen months is we don't get any more bloody. When's Oates going to the back row? Questions. <laughs> Thank God. You know we're going to get like going eight anywhere. next week now. Yeah, well, I shouldn't have said anything, but he's the best winger in the world. He's not going anywhere. And don't bother asking that because I won't answer it. I won't read it. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even podcast for there. I'll get I'll remove some teeth by option <laughs> if we lose on Thursday. <laughs> um, righto. Now over on the Twitter from Corey Goats. He said, how special is Stags? Do you think we're in trouble of losing him given Roberts and Bird are obvious starters? Oh, definitely we're in trouble of losing him. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but we're always in trouble of losing players. I'm not going to bother wasting too much of my time stretching about who we'd lose or not, really, honestly. We have a lot of talent, but definitely in trouble. I mean, there's only so long he can wait to, to be a starter. And what Roberts has signed for another, including this year, three years, and I think Bird's the same. So I just... I don't get how there's some people that work for the Cowboys and they have a full-time job to find players... And Stags is sitting here at the Broncos, and then you sign Opechik and Kahu. Yeah. Like, those guys... Well, Kahu had a starting contract. Mm. Like, he's been playing for ages for the Broncos. Surely, Ope, uh, sorry, Stags is going to be not really more expensive than that. Like, mm. I, it just boggles my mind that this is some people's full-time jobs, and then they're like, yeah, let, let's sign the guy that's injured more than not. Yeah. And doesn't know the rules around a short kickoff. Let's sign that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I hope he stays. But it's another one of those p- spots that I, I had a, the other fantasy question the other day. I was, I, one of my friends, Harry Ramage, people know of him anyway. He asked the question, you know, what would I, how would I, what would I do with the squad in terms of trying to keep Pangai and Oates? And as he mentioned earlier, I'd be trying to get rid of Darius and Cody. But it's also I'd be getting rid of two of our back rowers. 
be it Sua and Glenn or Gillett. Because then what I'd be, what I'd be making stags into is like, well, we'll be starting, you know, Fafita and Gillett, most likely in the back row. So then stags turns into, oh, you're, you're our backup centre, but also you're our backup back rower. There's ways of getting him on the field more, you know? Yeah. So he actually gets more action and gets more use. And, then and I mean, it's the Broncos. Someone's going to get injured like every second game yeah. anyway, and he'll have a proper job in the team, so... What's the, yeah. You know, you look at the Roosters who are playing this week. Like Mitch Orbison is like, hasn't been a starting player for them for like 10 years, but he starts almost every week because someone's always injured, you know? So it, that's it. So that's what I'd be doing. To, and also be putting Sean O'Sullivan or Dearden or someone at seven because we're going to have to pay Pangai notes to keep them. So you've got to save money elsewhere, other positions, which would be, you know, going to a discount halfback and then cutting off some of the fat we don't need. But, but yeah, I don't know with Stags. I, I, it's... I'm not predicting in two years. It's going to be a battle to keep him, but who knows? Maybe the club moves on one of the other guys. Uh, also from Corey Goats, he said, when will Seabold make the halves change that seems so obvious to most fans? Under over 12 rounds. I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, like I said earlier, I'm hoping behind hope it happens, but it just seems to be like, I don't know what the coaches are seeing in him that we're not. Yeah. Under, I hope. Oh, I mean, I would definitely hope for under, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I feel like it's his to, to... Unless he starts having some absolute Barneys or gets injured, it's his. Uh, from Benny DTD, he said, In a perfect world, what's your preference for this year's lineup? How would it look? Um, I think we kind of went over this a second ago, but whatever. He said for, hi- uh, for his... Asako, Boyd, Roberts on one side, Bird Oates on the other, Milf, mm-hmm. um, O'Sullivan or Dearden, Lodge, Macca, J.O., Glenn, Gillo, TPJ, Nico Haas, Fafita, Flegler on the bench. Nico Haas, Fafita, Flegler. Oh, you nailed it. No sewer. Yeah, I... That's exactly yeah. what we named earlier, just making sure Fafita, Haas, uh, Nico, Flegler. We, who are we missing? Someone is missing out from that as well, someone else. Oh, wait, no, they're not. They're not, because... No, I'm good. Yeah, that's that's the perfect I mean, seventeen for me. And obviously, we have the injuries not going to be there every week. But that's my but that's my full strength side at this point. Yeah, you got to think Asako and Boyd flipping them is the easiest solution to give a huge improvement to this team. Like, it is instantly you got every kick is being caught on the fall mostly. It's being returned better. You're starting every set better. Like. Maybe he's going to like drop a bomb or two more than Darius Boyd is because he's pretty safe about that. But Darius Boyd then like falls on his back and takes him three and a half years to get up again. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're going to have a mistake or two more than Darius Boyd because he's usually pretty safe. But you're going to be better off most of the time. You are, and it's it's one of those things. That if Boyd goes to the wing or even vice versa, you know, we're not the first team ever who could have their their fullback and wing switch for certain plays and sets or whatever. Boyd can still get involved. It's not like he's just going to be shoved on the wing and stand out there. It's like, you know, the Roosters themselves are bringing along Tuvasa Shek was pretty much playing. Uh, Mitticello was playing fullback in defence, but uh, Tuvasa Shek was playing in attack a lot of the time. Like, we can do that as well. If yeah. you want to get Boyd involved and he's still the captain, whatever. Those things can happen, but yeah, that's just... You know, we had patience last year. We preached patience because he was, you know, in 2016, he was he was the best fullback in the world. He was the Queensland fullback too. That did happen. 2017, he started sliding, and the last year was terrible, but we gave him credit. You know, maybe we'll come back, but it's just been it's just been more of the same. Uh, from GM Walker underscore, he said, more likely to happen this season. One, Cody putting up a bomb and it landing where it intended. <laughs> uh, two, Darius Boyd attempting a one-on-one tackle. Or three, 
Seabold decides to use his best right edge forward for 80 minutes instead of shuffling him between the bench <laughs> and starting team. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do find yeah. it funny how Glenn's become the 80-minute forward, the left edge back row, the only one we haven't signed for like 17 years, <laughs> and the one that seemed we've trying to get rid of for like three years. Honestly, he's, he's about the guy. only likable person in the whole forward pack. Yeah, oh, and Pangai. <laughs> oh, and Pangai, yeah. No, yeah, I do love a bit of Pangai, like, over-celebrating and all the rest that he yeah, does. So like, it's right. right up my alley, that sort of <laughs> it is. It unsportsman-like is that, 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 play. <laughs> exactly, I'm all about it. But yeah, Glenn is another top flight there, but I'm going to guess they're... Okay, I'm going to go number two. Are you going to attempt one by accident? <laughs> I mean, there's players of all shapes and sizes in the NRL. Chances are someone's going to be smaller than him and make a break at some point. So, you know, like, he might try that one. He might try, yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody that's, like, his size or bigger, though, I was like, no, we're doing the David Peachy going for the intercept. Oh, yeah, man, I'm getting, getting this one. It didn't work the other 17 times, but this one, I'm getting it. Uh, um... Righto, from Danny Boy, 1995. Was removing the wisdom teeth a good idea given the obvious lack of wisdom in the shit talk of our Lord and Saviour, the one goat, Jack Bird? <laughs> yeah, look at that. Nah, you were uh, all there with us. You were all talking shit too. Yeah, yeah. And we did say he'd be good this year. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't uh, mean they still... We could still, like, honestly, we could still lose him tomorrow. I couldn't care less because Stags is right there. I mean, I think... As much as I still don't like the signing or didn't like the signing, whatever, I think we did talk a bit about like last year was not going to be great. He'd probably be better this year. Like in the end, yeah. he's an origin level player. Yeah, he's obviously going to be decent if he's like fit and plays a bit. So, but at the moment, he might be in my top five, but that's more because of everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> that's in the team. You're not, not disappointing me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, from NRL genius, <laughs> why isn't a He's got six, Cody Walker, Anthony Milford, Milfraud, swap, a good idea. P.S. Wingers can never be goats. P.S. Maranta was, sits on the wing for the Dragons. Is he looking for relocation to Bronco Island? No. There's no, just a lot of thoughts here. I'm not look, really sure what's happening. Looking look for someone at Nick. Maranta's trying to get the last, squeeze the last drops of blood out of that name in the rugby league. Did he say switching Milford and Nick Reamer? There's absolutely zero difference switching those two. No, no, no. Walker and Milford. Oh, why would we do that? I don't know. Cody Walker. Milford is better than Cody Walker. He is, okay? Walker might have better highlight plays than right now, but Walker's playing alongside the perfect half that Milford would kill to have a half like Adam Reynolds next to him. In that regards, do all the kicking, run the set plays, direct the team, do nothing else. Walker has it easy as, mate. There's no pressure on him. He doesn't do anything when there's pressure moments. Yeah. He just he just turns up when they you know he's support player when they're running attacking plays. The rest of the game he gets to just chill and do nothing. Doesn't have to do any kicking, no directing. Like I said, he literally kicks it like one time a game. Please, he's not better than Milford. You got rocks in your head if you think that. So another comment he's got here. He said wingers can never be goats, and I never learned this what? this afternoon. Ne- wingers can never be goats, like yeah. greatest of all time. Yeah. This is a man that literally, when Rabbitohs got kicked out of the comp for two years, went and supported Wendell Saylor at Broncos games and would cheer on Wendell Saylor <laughs> and then boo the rest of the Broncos team. Is, is this one of your friends? <laughs> no, no, this is NRL genius, Darren. Ah, uh, uh, NRL genius. Uh, you knew a bit too much then. Well, being a Dell fan is also a, is a great decision. That's, that's no, no, I'm just saying, like, I, no, I'm no. pretty sure Dell is the GOAT winger. Like, he is. You know. Is. Yeah, well, Corey, it's Scory Goats, firstly. You're dressing properly. 
NRL uh, genius. <laughs> but, um, no, Oates is the man. Best ring on the com. Fucking Walker and Milford. No, that's why Walker question. I didn't, I didn't yeah, see yeah. who asked the question, but no. Yeah, you, you can you can live. Well, I love Cody Walker, but mate, I'm not on Walker Island with you on that regard. Milford's it's alright. He's not going to like message you about your take there because he's definitely not listening to this. Well, he's not getting through an hour and a half of misery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. To be fair, he actually might like an hour and a half of shitting yeah. on Seabold, so, you know, like, it's so probably his drug. <laughs> Shout out to Knights fans still listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Bretto. <laughs> uh, from 101BM, how long until O'Sullivan gets a run? Never, 25th of never. Um, <laughs> Cameron Ankar said, Dearden, thoughts on a chance this year or within the next few? Also, 25th of never. So. I see they might play him before O'Sullivan, though. I have that feeling. Of, I don't know. I don't think it's... Uh, we'll see. Remember, was it Dargan we signed from the Eels? Yeah. Is he still around? Yeah, he's mate. You know who's playing well? Here's one. <laughs> Sam Scarlett. Do you remember that when, uh, when J-Hack put him in our starting team like two years ago? Yeah. He's actually really carving it at the moment. Yeah, but remember like where Hackett put that in like the starting side, and then he like yeah. never actually watched him play a game. It was just like a name yeah. from Broncos reserve grade, and he's like, it "Oh was, yeah, put him yeah. in." And I sent him that video of like kicking like a million kicks out in the fall. It was great. He's been he's been on fire. He, he, he was pretty good in last week with uh with uh Dearden alongside him too, Sammy Scarlett. Yeah, but yeah. Okay, is that all the questions? Yeah, that's all of them. Okay, sweet. Well, let's let's get out of here. We'll promise you a podcast in at least the next six weeks. Oh, like Game of Thrones is back in 11 days. At least, there'll definitely be a pod after Game of Thrones. I mean, <laughs> we should probably do, like, start doing just podcasts just for Game of Thrones. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> we'll ring each other up after the episode drops. That's our, Well, that's our other Patreon. We're going to be rich tomorrow. This is great. We're starting out... Mate, we're going to have so network. many podcasts. It's great. We'll have Anti-Nights. We'll have Winham Weekly. Uh, finances. <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> Weekly. Exactly. That's good. I'll, I'll be it. We're going to make, we're gonna make millions. Oh, so, and once they take off, I'm definitely, like, deserting this and going to pay no attention to Broncos Weekly. You can just, like, <laughs> die in the wayside, and I'll just put all my attention yeah. into their premium content. We're going to start Wayne Weekly soon, too. He's back. People people rating me again now. What oh, mate, you know I'm definitely up for talking about Wayne Bennett, so... <laughs> How good is, like, the moment he's in Sydney, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Wayne's good. Of course he's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm literally... so dumb for not signing everyone saying him now. It's like, wait, last year, every, you all acted like he was the worst coach in the league. I'm literally about to buy a jar of air from Wayne Bennett's open house on the weekends. So, yeah. you know, like, oh, someone is actually yeah. getting that jar. That, that, that's happening. The jar of air is happening. Yeah, you want one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're getting six, so like, you know. Six mason jars of air. That's what that conversation was. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, they said, they said they'll do it if they could get six sales because like it's a packet of mason jars is six bucks. Yeah. And I was like, well, I got one. Oh, Mr. Underscore S Triple Eight said he was going in, and I said, "Well, I'll buy whatever's left over. Like, if people don't <laughs> want them, like, I'll, I'll definitely have four jars of Wayne so Bennett air on my bookshelf." Do yeah. not understand inflation? This is great, oh, mate! Twenty thirty-eight when Wayne Bennett's won like back to back to back to back premierships yeah, at yeah, South. Yeah, like, yeah. Mate, save this for the finance podcast. I'd let him in on the, on the ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay to get my finance tips. Check out my Mason SoundCloud jars. also. It's amazing, jars at Wayne Bennett's house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the foundation of any good portfolio. Uh, Butsy, let me know if you want one too. Yeah, oh, he's in. Yeah, Butsy will get one. He's a big, big Wayne fan. Anything that screws over the nights, really, Butsy's all about. So. Best friend of the pod. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here then. Righto, catches. See you later, everyone. That's the way it's gonna be.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.